We spent all that time talking about Muppet Babies last week. I know. <laughs> and this is the Muppet Babies episode. Previously on Watch and Talk. Yeah, have you guys ever seen Oklahoma? Is that the play that's like all like mimed? Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> they get super touch feels. Hip hop. Oh, she definitely got a fish itch. I don't want that to be a thing <laughs> that people say. Blame the writers. Blame Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> it's a big reveal. Welcome to season one, episode 13 of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week, uh, we're watching an episode called Take Out the Trash Day. And right off the bat, I have an issue with how they spell Take Out the Trash Day. It's a lowercase o on Take Out the Trash in a capitalized case thing, which seems totally wrong to me. It's not take dash out. Yeah, it's just yeah. lowercase It's not like out. a noun take out. And it's not like buy. What's the rule for when it's like a, what, adverbs or whatever go? I think <laughs> it's an article. Articles, yeah. Out's not an article though, is it? No. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, a grammar error. Preposition? Or is it just a Netflix typo? Oh yeah, this is where we need Brayden, our copywriter, yeah. <laughs> who is not here this week, and we have uh, the lovely Danny uh, slash Dan slash yeah. Dan E. That's who that <laughs> deep deep voice you just heard. Hi guys, <laughs> uh, who's filling in? Um, uh, do you want to talk about your uh, history with the West Wing a little bit? Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I guess I have to say I'm very honored to be the first guest on this <laughs> yeah. uh, West Wing podcast. I, I like Ooh. to think that you guys are trying to step it up like your rival podcast, which I won't name. By yeah. name, since mostly I don't know the name, but this like is a lie. There's no other podcast other than this one. Well, yeah, it's like but, you can't say Voldemort, you can't say the name of that podcast. But I, I like that uh, that I'm sort of your Dule Hill. You know, the first <laughs> oh guest gosh. you get, I'm I'm definitely gonna... well. You are famous in the lore of the show for giving Jason his name of Fludge. I yes, am. That's I am. True. So I we're I forever grateful that. for that. By the way, and, and I think that my presence here is going to skyrocket your your listenership by the tens of people. So I'm <laughs> I'm happy to help with that. You, you also are like Dule Hill in that you're our replacement best friend. It's true. It's true. <laughs> the token best friend. It's true. It's just like added. so, does it make Braden Morris then? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I was gonna make a joke that he died but he really didn't he's just yeah. got a cold um yeah so my i guess my uh history with the the show is I, I really didn't watch it too much when it was on tv i watched it a little bit um here and there but i was kind of in high school and college at the time and i wasn't really on my radar as much um although one of my college roommates watched uh just reruns of it day after day sitting on the couch eating like frosting out of the, the pit like yeah the, the tube um so and then watching actually, this show wasn't enough comfort they had to also eat frosting yeah oh yeah wow they, it, they really Dark ratcheted times. it up um might they have been stoned <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so actually i think this is just pure unadulterated just you know frosting nothing eating. but frosting in west wing all the time so i admire their passion i never really watched it through consistently i mean i would see a bunch of episodes here and there but um within the past year my wife and i actually went through a full rewatch so i actually can put together all those random episodes that i saw into an actual cohesive narrative. i always do wonder the people that watched it like a week at a time you had to miss so much because there are a lot of like really subtle references that we pick up on because we overanalyze it but as like a casual viewer just like i wouldn't be able to follow that they're talking about the same bills every week yeah because like it's so there generic are arching storylines but there's a lot of small ones that you don't really pick up on 
yeah like all the legislation stuff is much more uh detailed over the course of like four or five episodes than i remember and i actually think that having done this podcast now this is the first time i've ever watched the west wing week to week i've only binge watched it before right like watch four episodes at yeah. a time so you kind of like we're you know i have notes and everything that i can look back on but it's definitely you have to remind yourself of what happened on the last week and those cliffhangers i know There's so many cliffhangers so in many show. <laughs> okay so we, should we get into it uh the previously on this week was a sam one and then they started off with a CJ press conference. And the first thing that the press is complaining about is how they don't want to be cold. CJ. I know. It's going to be 22 degrees out there. I know. I don't know why you people. This president is from New England, and I think it's time we all started getting used to that. At least that's what he told me this morning. Who's the president that died because it was cold? Harrison? Uh, it was Cleveland? No, he got shot, right? No, I thought it was uh, McKinley that got shot. McKin- no. Okay. Well, one of them. He's president setting himself <laughs> up to be one of those guys. Um, but the, the thing that they're announcing is the signing of the hate crimes legislation from a couple weeks ago. The Lowell Lydell, like teenager who got attacked uh, thing. Um, Danny asked a question that's kind of funny. CJ? Tell me you don't have a question about the pens. CJ, I have a question about the pens. Yes, Danny? Josiah Barlett has 13 letters in it. How's the president going to use 15 pens? Carol did some nice research for that, which I, I really liked. I immediately guessed that he would dot the T's and cross the I's. I was like, that's how he could do it. And then they said it, and I felt really validated. <laughs> I mean, why can't you just write like half a letter per pen? It screws up the flow. I but would it's actually. Already, it's already probably going to be screwed up. Anyway. I would have yeah. so much trouble actually now that I think about that trying Stop to write yeah. you know, one letter. I don't even like write all the letters in my name and my signature in the first place. So what I would do is I would sign it once with each pen and just keep going over my signature, <laughs> so it's like looks like I wrote it with Sharpie at the end. Is like, yours that consistent that you could keep that line? No, but I'm really good at tracing. Or or would you do it like several times over, like in middle school, like notebooks where it's like. <laughs> Elise D. Elise Bieber. Elise, yes. you know, just <laughs> but, variations on it. Yeah, Wait, he, is it not normal to write Elise Bieber now? <laughs> you don't have to, like, your signature can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be just your name, right? So like, you could just sign, like, Josiah Bartlett, motherfucker. I had a friend. A lot of A's. That somehow seems less presidential. <laughs> I had a friend just in a high little. school who signed every ATM receipt, or in college, uh, Hail Satan, just to see if anybody would call him on it. He would like print it. It wasn't even hidden. I think there was a guy in in Australia recently that I I heard about somewhere, I think on a different podcast. Sorry, there are other podcasts out there um, about how uh, he went to court in Australia for the sole purpose of making it legal for him to draw a cartoon penis as his his signature. And he just just went all the way to court for it. That's awesome. I don't know. That's pretty good. I draw like a rainbow sometimes or like hearts and stars on the sort of electronic signing things. I just, especially when I draw with my finger, it's just like doodle time. Impossible to get correct, anyways. Yeah. I think smiley face is pretty much all you can really do. You could also do like sort of in the same vein of writing your name over and over bubble letters. Like that takes up a lot of, you know, pen space. I don't know bubble letters. Like where you, or like box letters where you like make your letter of your name like. 
I don't like not three dimensional, but you like shade it in the back so it looks like it's really like a little balloon. It's, yeah, I'm sorry, to, this is maybe a girl. Thing. I used to get some a lot of notes <laughs> in middle school that had that, so I, I think I know what you're talking about. Wow, is that like street kind of like spray paint a little? Like yeah, yeah. Tag? okay, yes, it would look like no. a spray paint. No, but it's the it same. was more like Lisa Frank than no, no. than like oh yeah, tag. think Lisa about Frank's the Lisa Frank. Street. <laughs> totally the lisa frank logo is like bubble letters okay. but also like that is how people tag things a lot is like an outline of the letter yeah spray paint's like a coarse medium yeah there you go <laughs> what if you just took out a krylon every time you're signing something yeah. shake it up and just, <laughs> and just tag 15 it. cans of spray paint <laughs> right and that brings us back to josiah bartlett motherfuckers <laughs> instead of giving out pens they give out cans of spray paint yeah the press heard some rumors that maybe Lola Idol's parents are not going to be there for the signing of the bill like CJ promised they would be. There's, CJ? Yeah. That's still on? What's still on? The Lydells. Yeah. There's a rumor that the Lydells aren't big supporters of the president and they were uh, I've heard reluctant. that too and I don't know where it got started. It's ridiculous. CJ shoots it down pretty quick, but Mandy is in the back like having concerned face. It's kind of the way Toby usually stands in the back. Why don't they tell CJ these things before she goes up there? Mandy obviously knew that. So my thought about this is that, you know, Mandy's just sort of hovering back there. Mandy doesn't have an office, so she just sort of wanders the halls of the West Wing all the time. Is that is that the case? Does Seems she like do, it. I, yeah. I have a note here that Mandy has no office, so she haunts the halls like an annoying ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate, I'd say. I but think her- it seems like she just got back because she's like, I wish she hadn't said that. I just saw them, but she didn't like get off the plane just now. <laughs> like, if she's not supposed to announce this thing, go tell her before she goes tells the press. Oh, she works in the OEOB, right? That's where her yeah, that th- her that's office uh, is. Josh said that a few episodes ago. Yeah, I would I guess if I don't want to go back to like my office where the, the not cool kids are, I would just hang around all the time. But if you're like wandering, it must be hard to like catch people before they do press conferences. Well, most of the meetings in the White House take place in the hallways anyway. That's true. <laughs> on the show. Yeah. I did think it was funny that Mandy... So the, these pa- the Lola Dell's parents are going to be there and they're totally cool with it. And they send Mandy to kind of like media prep them. It seems like, oh, these are the kind of questions you're going to get. Get ready. And then Mandy visits them for like a day and all of a sudden they're not on board anymore. <laughs> Because Mandy, uh, she's just the worst. <laughs> Josh comes into the scene into CJ's office, and he um, he gives. They're talking about a teacher bill. They want to have a hundred thousand new teachers, which I guess is part of the like expanded government state of the union thing. They must have cooked up that plan last minute. And then CJ needs to read a provision of the bill but you got to stipulate that in sex ed classes abstinence only yes i would have no trouble passing such a class we commissioned a report about a year ago on sex education in public schools and well this is it and uh cj really doesn't want to do it i'm a woman in her prime josh i'm a prime woman there's no doubt about it but i need you to read this anyway because she she wants to go have a date with somebody randomly not danny maybe yeah it's only danny right and then they have a couple uh, like lewd uh, wordplay jokey things. And so the sticky wicket joke was a regrettable pun. Yeah. So he says sticky wicket mm-hmm. during it. And they're sort of referencing that this is sort of like a sexual thing. And I feel like I I can see how it could be like a sexual thing. But I, I sort of looked it up. It's it's more like a cricket reference. I thought it was a golf reference. <laughs> I don't uh, know what sport it is. And so I was like, I mean, I guess I can see where they're coming from. So I, I went to 
you know, the crevice of the internet, which is Urban Dictionary. And I started going down and looking through all of it. And I was sort of, I was like uh, the president later on. I was like, not going to say that. Not going to say that. Not going to say that. <laughs> going through all of the definitions of of everything that that is related to Sticky Wicket. <laughs> did, you, did you pull any of them out? <laughs> One of them so involves uh, an Ewok toy. Ooh. Oh, uh-huh. cool. Yeah, Wicket. Wicket. Yeah. I'm not, not going to go any further. Like like a, a furry kind of way. <laughs> I don't know. It was using it as a supplementary uh, thing. Uh, yeah. So they kind of leave it at that, and then they have the opening credits. Uh, pretty uneventful. Uh, this is not the best setup for an episode so far. Also, considering that this episode has like a sex education bill in it, it is surprisingly like unsexy compared to last episode. Oh yeah, that would have if everybody was all hyped right? up. Yeah, because all the Spanish were... fly that was in like the well water at the <laughs> White House seems to have gone away. Yeah. After the credits, there's a Danny and CJ scene. Um, CJ uh, has to cancel on dinner. Oh yeah, so it was going to be with Danny. She was supposed to go to dinner with Danny. And she can't because she has to read the sex ed thing. Oh, Danny the, then... Oh, oh, sorry. The other thing I meant to mention about the sex education bill is that when I was watching it, I was like, is this a real thing? Or have I just watched the show too many times? To like, and now I think it's real. So I looked it up and it is it is real. But abstinence only? Yeah. yeah totally. Well, not abstinence only. Abstinence plus. Oh, okay. Is like a real thing. That oh, happened. yeah. We didn't really mention what the, the bill was yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So they want to do uh, this thing called abstinence plus abstinence plus yes what's that mean well sam's renamed it everything but everything but yes ah he's such a speech writer yeah (laughs) so good at branding things um Uh, but yeah it sort of is like you instead of abstinence you sort of teach kids about their sexuality and you you teach them about everything but having sex i guess no i think i think it's just saying that abstinence education doesn't work right okay so so everything but is that one or two t's yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. We're going to have to wait for the headlines for that one because you're spoiling it for okay, me. Sorry. <laughs> That's a thing like kids now. They like maintain their virginity by only having anal sex. Oh, kids my God. <laughs> if my mom thought last week's episode was hard to listen to, she's going to freak I'll, out. I'll, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> oh, no, please don't. I would love for her to hear this. But that's apparently a thing uh, the kids are saying nowadays. Yeah, that seems like a stretch. We're running all the headlines. So Danny is, uh, he complains to CJ that he's done with kissing. Long just randomly grabbing me and kissing me. Like I said, I applaud the spirit, but I think there's, there's better things ahead, as I'm sure you're about to read. What? I guess he wants to step it, step it up a notch. He wants to plus it up a little. <laughs> then he has another story that he's kind of got wind of, which is some White House aide misused a helicopter to go on a golfing trip. So they call him an advanced man, and they're throwing that term around the show like it's really common, and maybe it is, but I had no idea what it was. It sounds cool. Right? So it's apparently a guy who sort of, when a high-profile person is supposed to be in a place for an event they go scope out the situation and make arrangements for the event before whatever person gets there so this guy is the advanced man for the vice president i think right i think he's the for the vice president now but we learned later in the episode that he was working for the president earlier right and they like used to he be. was terrible so they demoted him or something i want to be an advanced man right. though sounds that sounds good. like a great job like 
you just get to travel everywhere without the hype. It's perfect. Yeah, and actually, you have like a lot of sway too, because you're like, I'm gonna bring like 40 people through here, and one of them's gonna be the president. So yeah. treat me nice. Give me a round of golf. For sure. Uh, after that, there's a Josh and Donna scene. Uh, it's mostly about hamburgers. Did they burn the hamburger? I told him, well done. He likes it beyond well done. He likes it burnt. Did they burn the hamburger? Yes. Did you check? I am not checking your food. I like it where if you dropped it on the floor, it would break. And he's kind of bragging about it, like it's like a macho thing or something. That and really surprised <laughs> and disappointed me that he is a burnt hamburger kind of guy. Yeah, isn't like a the raw or the hamburger the more manly you are? Yeah. Well, also the more delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's medium uh, rare or rare all the way. Even though I don't eat meat anymore, <laughs> but when I used to, I loved rare meat. <laughs> um, at some point during this, Donna was just apropos of nothing says let's take out the trash day you know it, it, there's no lead into that and <laughs> do that all the time and, and she i know that she's sort of the stand-in for the audience of like the person that you explain to or she sort of tries to make the opposite argument like not knowing what's going on but it just sort of seems like at this point she probably should know that most stories get sort of dumped on fridays yeah they're what 19 20 months into the presidency right. at this point plus she and, was with him for the campaign right, right. And you, they do that on campaigns all the time. Yeah, so the explanation for that is that you kind of put out all the bad stories at once on Friday so that they can't, no particular story gets much interest. And then it's on a, on top of that, it's on a day when nobody actually reads the paper anyways. He says like, you know, nobody reads the paper on Saturdays. And anymore, nobody really, really reads the paper Sunday through Friday either. <laughs> so every day is kind of take out the trash day if you want it to be. And then I guess it's going to be the kind of the little theme of there's going to be a lot of these like little bad stories that they they lump all together at once. Um, so the first one, what is the first one that they're doing now? Did they set one up in that scene that they're leaking? I don't, I don't think so. so. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't she think just it. says it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain this broad concept to me? Right, exactly. That might have something to do with something it later. It seems out of place. They're like talking about hamburgers and then she's just like, let's take out the trash day. <laughs> um, and also during the scene that they're, they're getting takeout and such. And I did read a, a thing about how Cal Penn, when he started working at the White House, wanted to order food once. And they're like, we don't do that. Like, we don't take in food from outside the, the White House. And he's like, but they do it on West Wing all the time. Uh, so it's actually a thing. Like, you can't get something ordered you in. you only have, like, the White House chefs make so. things for you? Because that seems pretty sweet. Like, I mean, right? I think there's a cafeteria downstairs. Oh, they call it a mess on the a West mess. Wing. Yeah. It's the military base. Yeah, but this is pre nine they... eleven, so you know people just do whatever the hell they want. That's true. That's like our excuse for everything on the show. <laughs> that seems like strangely accessible. It's like it was pre nine eleven, but yeah, they only go to the mess when it's like after hours. It seems. I think that's the only time I've ever seen them down there. Is when it's like super late, and that's the only. Yeah, they option. don't really have lunch. They have lunch in their offices usually. Yeah, and it's always Take a salad from the place. That's my favorite little like thing that. Um, CJ always has a salad. CJ, well, CJ and Donna, and I think a few other characters on the show always refer to you the place as the place that they get their food. It's like go to the place and get the thing. Uh, after that, there's a Sam and Toby scene. Uh, Sam's kind of lingering around, and he has a couple of things that he wants to bring up. There is a town in Alabama that wants to abolish all laws, except the Ten Commandments. Sam has a, some issues with it. Coveting thy neighbor's wife, for example. How you gonna enforce that one? That one's just like a stupid story. The, the whole the whole yeah, plot line just goes nowhere. It's kind of a runner throughout the whole show, the whole episode, and it just doesn't seem to 
Well, it, it's mostly so they can make like uh, jokes about like playing the commandments off of each other. It's a little scene. bit of a, it's like leftover shit that they wrote from the first episode. A little bit, yeah. And then there's another issue that Zoe has a professor who says some stuff that's like not like a he's kind of racist, and Zoe's in the class, and so she's hearing this, and they think it's going to be a problem. And Sam says he's on it. He's going to take care of that somehow. Um, something funny about this scene was that when they were talking about the George Washington like school paper picking this up, Toby seemed to really not think it was a big deal and used his infamous explodey hands. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he I, kind of like threw them in the air, and it was not te- for 10 minutes, and it was not for an explosion. It was like... You sure he wasn't just trying to calm down and count to 10? <laughs> so now you're Very on quickly. the counting side of exploding hands. <laughs> I thought that's oh yeah, I can't. You I thought thought that's what I thought that he was like bombs like blowing up with his He's hands. But actually, up. he was saying oh, we have yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so this time he was like using exploding hands as like get away from me. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, wow. I have. I have. No one plays annoyed like Richard Schiff because yeah. he just he just keeps doing that over and over mm-hmm. again. Yep, he's got great hands. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's a Leo and Josh scene after that. Um, Leo is kind of scolding Josh. Josh, the sex ed report could not possibly come in a worse time. I know. I'm saying I wish we'd gotten some heads up it was coming and what was in it. Josh and Sam say they have a meeting on the Hill to go discuss something with the Republican leadership. They're a little vague about it. Um, it's like the person in charge of White House budgeting and it's Leo related to some degree. Um, I like that Leo, uh, Leo tells Josh that he's like, you're taking Sam, right? Like, don't make this any worse than, but that's like Josh's whole job. Did you, <laughs> did you notice that one of my favorite things that happens in this episode is while they're talking and they're having this really serious discussion, Sam turns around and eats part of uh, Josh's sandwich. Oh, no way. <laughs> and, and Josh starts talking and then stops for a second and kind of stares him down <laughs> while Sam is uh, just like chewing. Sam is always eating other people's sandwich sandwiches. Teeth. I don't know, but he wasn't like sharing a sandwich. This was not really a fair. Just sneaking a bite. Yeah, he was just stealing someone's. I wonder if Sam took a bite and was just like, "Ooh." Yeah, gross. Gross. Yeah. I mean, leave it to a speechwriter to go around finishing everyone's sandwiches. Oh, that's great. (laughs) I don't get it. Is that a joke? Like finishing each other's sandwiches. Sandwiches. Oh, I get it. Everyone's finishing each other's sandwiches. All right. Sorry. That's okay. Well, it's good. Maybe some of our listeners don't know that joke either. <laughs> Spoilers. As the, as they're coming out of the uh, Leo's office, Donna and Margaret and like Ginger and all the other secretaries are like kind of huddled around and whispering. Uh, Ginger knows something in her bones or something like that. She said she knew it in her heart, which is very different than somebody. I know it for sure. She just said it. I mean, I guess not surprisingly for the age, but every single secretary is a woman. And they all work for men except for CJs. These women. Yeah. These women. Mm-hmm. Is Charlie a secretary? No. He's like he's, an assistant. He's right? a body man. Yeah. But like, it's funny, like, for the for When the men secretary, are secretaries, yeah, they're called body men. They get men. like a cool title. Miss yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Landingham, like, kind of comes in and like alpha secretaries them. <laughs> what are you girls doing? We're just talking, Miss Landingham. You all work for very important people. This is not a place for gossip. You understand me? Um, can I talk for a minute about my favorite character in pretty much the entire series? Is Margaret. Yeah. Margaret's great. <laughs> Margaret, she's, so 
she doesn't really live up to it the first season because I feel like they don't really know what to do with her. She's just kind of like a background secretary, but she gets like zanier and kookier as the the show goes on, and she just sort of has all these like weird side storylines. But throughout all of it, they they sort of portray her as just very competent at her job as well, because you know, yeah, you can be a secretary she's super for, organized and right. kind of OCD in like a great way, right? Yeah, so it's like she's this super competent, very accomplished but like weird and zany person that over over the course of the series just gets weirder and weirder. And so <laughs> I just have to say that if this is my only chance to say that ever. <laughs> Shout out to Margaret. Yeah, Margaret's excellent. The thing they're all gossiping about is that they have a lead on who leaked, leaked this like advanced man story. Or so they think um, it's she flags Josh down and they grab Sam and they're like Donna has something to tell us. And uh, they get to that later. Um, CJ and Toby then. CJ's in her office reading. Toby comes in to kind of like make small talk. And I don't think CJ ever even like looks up at him. There's already that little bit of conflict there where Toby didn't tell CJ about the India invasion a couple weeks ago. And then he just makes it worse this episode with a ill-timed joke. He took a ride. I know about this already. The round of golf. How do you know? Danny got it from a White House source. And Danny gave it to you? Any problem with that? As long as it wasn't the other way around. Oh, it was a joke. It better have been. The, my favorite thing about this scene, though, is that Toby comes in and there's like a tin of Altoids on the, the like coffee table. And he picks it up and the entire scene, he's fiddling with it, trying to open it. And he never gets it open. And then <laughs> as he like gives up on the conversation, he also gives up on trying to open the Altoids tin and just puts it back and then walks away. Wow, maybe Richard Schiff's hands aren't as great as we thought they were. <laughs> But he right. told a little story, though. It was like a little tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't try his little explodey move on it. Yeah. It. yeah, he just kind of checks in on like a couple stories that are ongoing, like the Lydell thing, I think, and the um, the advanced man story. And CJ's like, I'm on top of it. Like, get out of here, please. T- Toby looks kind of like depressed and then ends up leaving. After that, um, they go into the Oval Office and it's Sam, Toby, and Josh and they're like having a pre-meeting. They're talking about the thing Donna told them. Josh says, I think we found our man as if like they figured out like what it was for. Um, they don't exactly get into what it was this part, but it's it's the person who leaked Leo's info. Is the like she was she leaked something and she was like had it written all over her face, but it was actually that, not the advanced man story. Um Leo and the president come in and they're talking about bananas. Um mm-hmm. This kind of follows the colonialism theme that they set up in the previous episode where the European countries give precedence to buy bananas for countries that they used to be rulers over and the United States wants the countries that they're the rulers over to have better banana prices. And I think uh, the banana pronunciation coming out of Jed Bartley here. It's like Dala. Banana. Bananas. (laughs) Bananas. Banana. Bananas. Bananas. And then Miss Landingham is like, oh, did you say you wanted a banana? And he's like, no, like, can we please stop talking about bananas? It's really cute. <laughs> they give Toby a little plot line in the scene. It's, uh, there's a, what is, what's, I, I just wrote down the acronym and I forgot what it stands for. C-P-B. Yeah, Corporation for Public, public Broadcasting. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. So the uh, Corporation it's- for Public Broadcasting uh, appointments are being held up. I guess they have like a board. It's kind of like the FCC or something like that. Toby jumps on this because he is a fan of Brideshead Revisited and the Muppets. And then he mentions that he likes Julia Child. And CJ kind of like snickers at him. <laughs> 
You've got a problem? <laughs> you watched cooking shows? Ha ha, you like a woman thing. <laughs> you're, you're supposedly a man. And Toby gets really defensive about it. I watched Miss Julia Child. <laughs> I love that. I just like the idea of a, like a tiny Toby, like a young Toby already Aww. sort of balding watching. <laughs> <laughs> With like a full goatee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like popsicle like stuff all over his face so it looks like he has a goatee oh that's such a lovely thought <laughs> cj asked for some kind of guidance on how to handle the lydell's not supporting the bill issue or just like asking if they think it's an issue or not even and the president and leo both say that the dad is worrisome because he might not be comfortable with having the fact that he had a gay son becoming super public. Um, CJ does thinks it's kind of preposterous. She's like totally taken aback by it. She hadn't even thought about that. Right. And, right. and Leo sort of like says some like condescending and sexist thing to her where he's like, fathers and sons, CJ, this guy sells dental supplies in the twin cities. So how enlightened do you think he's going to be? Fathers and sons. Right. Like, like, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't understand. understand. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think they, they perpetuate a pretty ugly stereotype about dental supply salesmen. <laughs> that they're all homophobes. Wait, and also the Twin Cities. Because, I mean, dental supply salesmen in New England, perfectly liberal. So progressive. <laughs> yeah, the Fathers and Sons thing was weird. They had a thing like that in like episode two or three or something like that. There was the thing about um, when they were like doing their first sort of violent military act. That's what Leo's. our fathers taught us. Yes. <laughs> and then also um, with the Morris episode, only fathers can teach your kid how to whistle. Right. Because the mom's not going to do that. Yeah, this one uh, retrogrades on the sexism stuff a little bit. The next thing I think that happens is um, Bartlett pulls aside Sam and Josh because they're about to go right. to the hearing. Um, about Leo and I noticed there's a sort of like military guard outside of the door of the Oval Office and he kind of pushes him aside to like give them space to speak privately and the way that he does it he like sort of grabs his like shoulders and back in like a very (laughs) I thought sensual way and it looks like he's about to sort of pose for a prom picture with him (laughs) and then he's just like excuse me (laughs) he slips his hand in his front pocket yeah (laughs) that's a whole other storyline yeah i like that uh the president respects the like sanctity of the oval (laughs) office and that this is like a somewhat morally ambiguous thing of he basically says i want to preempt a hearing i don't want it i don't want it for leo i don't want it for his family i don't want it for us they know that and they're going to play, let's make a deal. Don't take anything off the table until you've talked to me. But that's so funny to think about, like, that's, like, somehow unsavory because that happens all the time where the deals are made like that. Well, but that's precisely why so many people just resign as soon as anything in the press happens because it's better to do horse trading for actual policies and things or at least for the advantage of people that are, like, popular in your party rather than just to protect someone who even if you even if you stop Leo's hearing you'll just never hear the end of it. Yeah. In the press. True. Yeah, I felt like they go pretty far with the anything to save Leo stuff in this cuz this uh like sex ed thing that they end up giving up is kind of uh it's kind of it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I yeah, thought I it was like a it, pretty big deal. Like there's gonna know. be like a lot of like teenage pregnancies and stuff now because Leo didn't want to get embarrassed. Yeah, but that that's been going on for a long time at this point, I think. 
is what they're saying and that putting it off for another year, I guess, but it doesn't seem like enough I mean, because, mm-hmm. because it, it, what they have is they have a high ranking person in the white house who was a former secretary who, you know, can make this entire administration and the entire party look really bad for a really long time, really easily. And and they even say like this is sexy because it's like got drugs and alcohol in, involved with it, and they could score major political points for like abstinence education, where they could you know they could totally hire some like dubious doctors at the abstinence is awesome institute, you know, to write like a contradictory report and and just sort of throw it out there. But at the same time, I want my manic pixie dream president to stand up for people who are loyal <laughs> to him. So I get. Why they wanted to go in this direction, He's even so though it seems highly, <laughs> like a highly flawed political strategy. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's it's flawed on the part of of Bartlett's side. I think it's flawed on the the Republican side because they have they have so they're much. They're giving away. They're giving for away not much. A lot for for not too much. For some of their base, talking about abstinence education, like that doesn't seem like so, as big of a political point yeah, as I mean, just like the, winning over the entire other. Yeah, that kind of seems like the minimum wage hike level of a. It's a campaign issue, and you can kind of like tag people with it and make them like slightly embarrassed. But I don't think anybody's really changing their vote over that necessarily. Right. It's just like it's a small talking point that maybe they'll make a couple ads on and like, oh, this person doesn't believe in sex education, right? And then all they have to do is, I believe in families, right? And everything's fine. Um, after that, uh, the president comes back in, talks to Leo. Uh, the L- Leo says, I can always say the Leo. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Leo says that he has a friend coming by, uh, Simon Bly, who gets the Sarkin name award this week. It's a great yeah. name. And he he says, like, this guy is not your real friend. And I, I get a little bit of a jealous vibe off the president. I need some counsel that you couldn't get from me. Yeah, oh, he's 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 upset that there's other best friends. <laughs> yeah, other like, do you him. like him more than me? Whoever directed this episode has really interesting choices for how they frame some things and do some things. So during the uh, the president Leo thing, they're focused mainly on all of the president's paperweights. Like he has a really impressive, yeah, you know, always like paperweights or like snow globes a little bit, and uh, you know they. It just really focuses on that. And then there's this weird smash cut into the next scene with CJ and Danny that that just doesn't seem to fit. I don't know. I, there was some what did they cut to? More paperweights? Uh, so it's it's from... <laughs> you get it written down. Yeah. It, so uh, Leo is like, listen, like, I know you're busy or you're in a silly mood or whatever but to the president, but uh, please read the sex ed report. And then they just cut like from leo's body like moving to into frame to like the corrugated frosted glass door of danny's workspace sort of like swinging open as the camera's moving like sideways from that and swooping gently like around danny as he's at his desk and it's just like very delicate camera movement for a scene that's just kind of like not it's not sort of some sort of gorgeous rose garden scene or something well they this scene is kind of intimate a little bit i guess um the first thing cj says is that there's going to be no more kissing (laughs) just just announces that (laughs) i have a feeling that she probably says that like most conversations she's like now it's over and then she just gets over i I think we all know that no does not does not mean no in this scenario (laughs) and by the end they're practically kissing again anyways 
Um, CJ asked about the like Lowell Lydell dad thing. Like, could it possibly be true? And Danny's like, yep, sure could. Um, there's a little follow up on the advance man story um, that the guy's going to get fired. And that's the end of the story. Um, I think that's the end of the plot line, too. They don't really do much with that one other than uh, having it be like a misdirection for the reveal later. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of it. They leave it where the CJ and Danny like getting like inching closer and then they just kind of walk away or cut it right at the end of that though. No more kissing in that scene though. So I guess CJ was kind of right, but there's probably going to be more kissing. <laughs> yeah. So we, we actually meet uh, Simon and the, the next scene sort of, it's actually, it's a pretty interesting scene structure. It's like a, a mashup scene in a way where there's two scenes going on and they cut kind of paragraphs of each one into each other. The first one is the Josh and Sam and Republican committee members meeting. Uh, it's at their office. There, this is a meeting where they have a lot of staffers in the yeah. room. I noticed there's people in the background that just like look in filed folders the entire time. And, and the, like... he goes out of his way to like be like, you know, this is a super private meeting. This isn't a trial. This isn't a deposition. You won't be sworn in. You're not on the record. There will be no record. No notes are being taken. This is off the record. Don't mind these 75 people you've never met who are all staring at <laughs> you. All court reporters. <laughs> or, or just like opposition party staffers. Like what's the odds that they say something there that doesn't get leaked if it's anything remotely useful? Um, you, there, ha- you have to have room meet though in any political scenario. <laughs> <laughs> room meet. The meeting is kind of like, can we cut a deal to not have this Leo hearing? Because it's just going to be a big shit show for everybody um we that's probably politically advantageous for us but maybe we can get something out of it and you guys can save yourself the embarrassment the main thrust of the agreement is that they're gonna delay this bill on the sex ed thing or delay the abstinence plus part of it specifically and for a year um they kind of tease it a little but that's ends up being what it is the guy lands a couple good insults on josh and sam too i thought he like the way he described their behavior in this whole situation did make them seem pretty terrible this is what happens you uh you put teenagers in the white house you guys screwed this up from the beginning you should have been there first on mcgarry you should have had the White House Counsel's Office run the internal investigation. You come remarkably close to perjury in this Claypool deposition. I like that he threatened to have hearings into how stupid they are, <laughs> which I think would be a really funny like spin-off of just all the hearings <laughs> of everybody, just all their mistakes, and just you know be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, while this scene is happening, uh, they have the Leo and Simon meeting. Is he British? Was there any trouble getting here? No, no. How's Meredith? Spending all her time in the country now. Well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, okay. He has this, I, like, I, have, I have a note that says, is that a fake accent? So, <laughs> yeah, what the hell correct. accent is that? Yeah, so he's either British or he has like a Fraser Crane American accent. Right. But I w- thought it was really funny if he... Because then I, I watched this like twice, the scene, and the first time I was like, mm, maybe it's just like an affected accent. And then the second time I was like, well, it does sound kind of British. Or at least it's... Kind of British. It's like trying... But it's like trying to be British. Like maybe that was the intent. And then I was like, well, that would make so much sense because on the West Wing, you only can seek counsel from a British man. <laughs> but it's... it's They portray him as being part of the party. Like he's mm-hmm. writing some big thing of the Democratic Party. Yeah, and, and Leo calls him a prominent Democrat. Right. So he can't be like... He's a journalist, I thought. No? no, I think he's in the party, but he wrote an op-ed as like a person in the party uh, saying that he should step down. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, he has this uh, aristocratic, like British yeah. accent. Yeah, when the when the wickets get sticky, you call on a Brit. Yep. <laughs> um, Simon says Leo should resign. Uh, he's got an op-ed coming out. Leo kind of throws that back in his face that he's just trying to like get his name back in the paper or get on the Sunday shows. Totally fake accent. I really definitely wrote that down. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, Leo, I think, uh, realized that the president was right about this guy. Um, this guy really does suck. Leo kicks the guy out of his office and then has this weird thing at the end where he just says, like, oh, God. As if he like saw like a ghost or something, maybe. <laughs> Is it Mandy haunting the halls, <laughs> lurking? Update on Simon Bly, the actor that plays him. Is not Cal- British? Yeah, no, he's oh. in California. Yeah, yeah. but th- he could be putting on a British accent. I mean, he's trying to. I think it's like he sees Bly and he's like, he studied abroad there, so he, he, he gets it. <laughs> he's legit. Yeah, he gets it. Well, he yeah. sees Bly and he's like, I don't have to do this, this guy. Like, I don't do any accents, right? And the casting, like, yeah, no, no problem. And then the director's like, that this guy's British. <laughs> I thought we explained that to you. Or maybe he showed up on set having like practiced his British accent, and the director was like, "Stop!" I'm insulted by that. <laughs> and then, down yeah, and then this is the tone down. This is the compromise. Yeah, he was like, "I just I feel like this character is British." He actually started with a Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> this is his toned down version. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> you gotta resign, Leo. That's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went from like, was like South Cockney African, to Southern to Australian. Now, all my accents have a root in Southern. I think we've established that we are excellent at, at accents <laughs> on this podcast. So we should just keep it up. <laughs> so I liked that uh, Simon Bly is clearly a douche, but they're ner- the writers were nervous. You know, is it enough that he is like pretends to be looking out for leo but then is secretly just like by the way heads up i'm gonna throw you under the bus uh so they decide uh, just in case we haven't like convinced all of the audience that he's unlikable let's just out of nowhere accuse him of taking money from oil companies where's your grave concern for country party and president when you're out whoring for atlantic oil (laughs) total non sequitur and then uh he so he says you know you're whoring yourself to American oil, but the subtitles actually said Standard Oil. Hmm. 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 And uh, so I wasn't sure if Standard Oil was still around, mm, right? <laughs> but they broke up Standard Oil like a super long time ago into a bunch of other companies like Chevron, Exxon, whatever. Like, who are they worried about offending? Like <laughs> the of ghost them. of Rockefeller? Oh. It's ridiculous. Rockefellers fund a lot of arts, actually. <laughs> True. For somebody, for uh, the next scene. When it's all about the PBS funding, which is like a 95% funded by billionaire robber baron families at this point anyways. This seems... And viewers like you. (laughs) (laughs) So this is uh, Toby in the Roosevelt Room um, with some Republican people. And they want to cut the public broadcasting corporation funding. This is such a rehash of the scene from last week. It's the exact same scene. It's some people complaining about how they want to cut some art funding and then Toby defending it. It, I feel like it almost they shot it for the same thing. Because remember last week, Toby was like, I have a whole series of meetings. Like, give me your thing and I'm going to go to the next one. 
Yeah, and I don't even know if in that prior scene in the State of the Union episode, they actually are talking about the State of the Union speech when he has that They meeting. say they want to cut sections or something. There's, cut he, sections of what? He, of the he, budget? He mentions like a couple lines or something. The The one last week was oh, sl- slightly more explicitly about the speech, but this was the same exact scene. Um, it was like Toby correcting people for saying things wrong slightly. Uh, product licensing for Big Bird dolls and Fuzzy Bear toys? Fuzzy Bear. Oh, oh whatever. It's Fuzzy Bear, not Fuzzy Bear. Yeah, who doesn't know that's his name? Like, I really a guy like, that age. Yeah, that guy looked that way time, too young. Yeah. He would definitely know that. By the way, this also has a bunch of room meat, this scene. There are like oh, yeah. people behind them just sitting in chairs, not doing anything, drinking the free food. Drinking the free food. <laughs> just watching this meeting. You eat food. It must be the most boring meeting. I think they just really wanted to show Toby be like curmudgeonly about Muppets. Yeah, this is yeah. a very really what it fluffy was. episode for Toby. Yeah, I like it though. Like I like Toby in this episode a lot. It's, it's really like a Fozzie episode for him. Yeah, and 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 why do they why do they use Fozzie as an example? Like Tickle Me Elmo had just happened not too long before that where like that's generating unless there's like a huge fozzy fan club that i don't know about that's just like buying well one of the one of the things that one of the points they make is that the toy sales of only 20 million dollars which cannot be right um i think they sell way more sesame street toys than that but all the all those go to the producer of the show and not the government which is a totally valid point and toby does concede that to them yeah but a, a point that no one seems to be concerned about when it comes to sports stadiums right and it's a you know it's a tiny yeah. drop in the also it's hard to imagine like toby getting excited about tickle me elmo or just like no but it, it, he's not the one that brought up fozzy it was the other person they're oh, like the, all they this said gener- all this revenue to, from yeah. fozzy bear like are people buying pork pie hats and like polka dot bandanas and such i love him uh, the next scene is uh, Mandy and the president. Uh, they're going over the sex ed report. Mandy's kind of prepping him on it. By the age of 14, more than 25% have touched a girl's... I won't say that word. Not going to say that. Okay. Not going to say that. Uh, that's a pretty funny, like, awkward scene. There's a cut in this scene where the president is like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. And Mandy, like the actress, looks like she's actually laughing. <laughs> like, and they had to, they sort of changed, did a quick cut because it looked like she like broke. And yeah, his, really his delivery is so good. Like it's, it re- like you really could have read those lines and be like, haha, you know, I'm sure when Aaron Sorkin wrote, he's like, hm, cute. But man, oh, Martin Sheen's delivery is just hilarious. And I like that even after Mandy leaves the room, he's still going over it saying to himself, I'm not saying that word. And I like definitely can't say he's that like, word. He's like, oh, I won't say that. Yeah, I will not say fish itch. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. Yeah, our last episode would have made President Bartlett blush for sure. After that, uh, Miss Landingham comes in and she kind of wants the president to talk dirty to her a little bit. Would you like to share what's in that report, sir? With you? Yes, sir. No. She's like, why don't, you, why don't you read me some of what's in that report there, young guy? <laughs> She's got some crackers this scene, this uh, episode. Just throughout the episode. She I was of... sort of hoping when she came into his office, she was going to like say something like really awesome about the importance of this bill. But then she didn't. And it was just like, whatever. 
he says that it would cause him years of therapy to discuss the sex ed report with her. And that really kind of like totally clicks with uh, what you find out years later. So I wonder if that was always something they kind of had in mind for their characters or if this is just... They probably had the general backstory roughed in. But I feel like most of that stuff's usually on the fly in these kind of shows. Yeah, but that line kind of works even if you don't know the backstory. Yeah. But yeah. then it's more of just like, I don't want to tell an old lady sexy stuff. That's kind of I, what it I is. Think that's, that's, it's obvious that they've been together for a long time yeah. now. She's like maternal to him. I think they're just, you know? there's a lot to mine in this storyline. And so they're just trying to find all like the funny combinations of yeah. people talking about it. And that was the funniest one they could think of. The meeting after that is CJ and Mandy and the Lydell parents. And it's basically the starts off of like, are you guys okay with supporting the bill are you guys still on board they say they totally are and then cj puts the dad on the spot mr liddell i don't know how else to put this but if you appear in front of the press to be at all embarrassed by your son's homosexuality i guess let me just ask do you support the president? So they do something I thought was really clever to like drag it on to the very yeah. last second where he starts to say that he thinks that the, there shouldn't be a bill that dictates like what you can think or there shouldn't be a clause in that bill. Right. He tries everything he can not to speak right. his mind. In and this then meeting. But, but finally they, they sort of drag it out. So you think that he's homophobic right. until the very last second. Yeah, exactly. Right. And she, she puts a, right on the nose then the guy snaps and he turns it around he's like nope you're homophobic boom i don't understand how he can take such a completely weak ass position on gay rights gays in the military same-sex marriage gay adoption boards of education where the hell is he all i could think of was was the heathers line of i love my dead gay son (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah the guy has a pretty good point uh that you know, you, you, the president is making this big stand on gay rights on this particular issue, but what about the hundred other issues that he's not touching because they're not politically popular at the moment? There's an implication that he's blaming the president and the party for the sort of allowing people to, to hate homosexuals without it sort of being, not being a leader on the fact that you're supposed to be tolerant. That contributes to the, the the very crime that killed his son. Yeah, totally. And and so they have to get rid of them so that they don't, you know, mess up the whole thing. But I feel like that's a perfect position because I feel like they probably want to do more, but they're just sort of not in a good political place to sort of make a lot of those changes that are happening, but they probably want to. Like, I feel putting those people up front and sort of having them say not like the president's been quote-unquote a weak ass about all of this but being like we need to do more than just this yeah cj took a meeting with them more and was like okay you guys obviously can't say that because it's going to get spun bad but if you want to do better so do we here's how to like phrase that sentiment and then we can start a conversation and maybe we can actually get more stuff done rather than be like go home right and they seem reasonable like they do support the bill and they would probably speak to that it's not like they're so like they're gonna fly off the cuff and just start bad mouthing the president. They don't seem like that. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Lydell could have Bidened uh, President Bartlett. Like just said, because well, you know, thing. like because Obama was like 
staying mum on the issue and then like during the campaign for his second term biden just like came right out and was just like no we totally support gay rights and right. forced obama to be like yeah me too yeah so they had like a, a corollary person do it so that you know saying well that everybody else... allegedly he kind of went rogue and did that when it was being discussed that they should just kind of not talk about it right but this is sort of like an ongoing theme too in at least the first season that they are like they keep trying to not just do the thing that is popular and do the right thing and now they're like they were just talking about that a few episodes ago and now they're going back on that mm-hmm. yeah that didn't like, like immediately <laughs> yeah but yeah, that I, happens a lot in this show where they're like okay now we're gonna try really hard okay maybe later <laughs> i feel like the lydells seemed at, at the beginning of the discussion like they were on board with everything until she sort of flat out like put him in his spot and was like tell me everything that you feel right now which i feel like they, oh, they probably she didn't even phrase it, it like that she said agree with me that you're terrible <laughs> basically <laughs> and but like i feel like they would have kept it together in front of the press for sure up until that point yeah the way they handled this uh kind of reminded me of the gun bill thing where we talked about where it's like they kind of settled for a version that could get passed and like wouldn't they want to like pass this and then push for more and the way you were like, oh, this guy will push the issue forward seems totally in line with that strategy. And they didn't yeah, pursue it there is, either. This is already passed. So like they want to push more. So have somebody who is going to be the most sympathetic person to talk about it up front and center and trying to push it forward. You know, you can coach them on how to say stuff. You know, that's her job. That's Mandy's job, isn't it? I think just to sort of coach them and sort of yeah, say, totally. this is the way you should. That's theoretically what she was out and at their house for before mandy doesn't seem like the most sensitive person to be able to coach someone in a position Mandy's not like many that. things yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think mandy probably went over to the liddell's house and like helped them scratch out their son's face on all their photographs oh my god <laughs> that's awful um after this we get the second half of the toby scene that we talked about earlier but um there's a little bit of new information at the end where cj pops her head in I got a message you wanted to see me. I've got good news. What? Josh and Sam caught a deal on the hill. No hearing for Leo. He's going to be out of the way. Oh, Toby, that's that's great. Sam is has a scene after that. Um, he's in his office and he's talking about the Ten Commandments thing still. To um, what? What's his secretary's name? Karen? No. Um, is it not a ginger? Is Toby's not secretary? Karen? 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 Clo- it's close to that. Uh. Yeah. Carol. Carol. CJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. I always Chloe. forget, but he's yeah he's going on about the Ten Commandments thing still. They make a couple more gags at the expense of that, and then a new character comes in, um, Karen, who is um, Paris from Gilmore Girls. Really, it's a while. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I looked up and I saw that she had done a lot of TV, but uh, this was like her like third acting role ever. <laughs> so fun fact: she plays Paris Geller in Gilmore Girls, which is a show that is a huge like they really really use the walk and talk. Like mm-hmm. I think it's that's very a much, fast talking show too. It's right? a fast talking show and a walk and talk show, very similar to The West Wing. In I like that way. I like to think that uh, Paris Geller's naked ambition got her into the White House at yes. some point, and this is actually her character following through. Yeah, we were talking about this before, and she would like totally be the leak. This character, like she would definitely, do <laughs> and, that. and her family would definitely be friends with uh, what's that? What's that guy's silly name? Lillian Field. Lillian Field. <laughs> yeah, and Claypool. So Sam is uh, really mad at her before we ever learn what she's there for. 
Mr. Seaborn, I had absolutely nothing to do with the reporters finding out about... I don't give a damn about the round of golf. I don't give a damn about the helicopter. I don't give a damn about the advance man. Karen, look at me. But it turns out that she's the Leo leak. Were you the one who gave Leo McGarry's personnel file to Lillian Field and Claypool? Mr. Claypool is a family friend. Kathy! Which is a federal crime, I assume, right? To leak private secret service info to congressional staffers? Yeah, I mean, she has FBI clearance, they say. Yeah. Fireable offense at the very least, um, which Sam takes advantage of and he fires her. (laughs) Take her back to her office and stand there while she cleans out her desk. Security is going to throw you out of the building in 15 minutes. That's a pretty short scene, but it's a pretty intense one. Uh, We get to see Sam yell at somebody, which is always pretty good. He tells tells Kathy Kathy, Kathy. to watch her clean out her desk. Isn't there someone better to do that? Like, what if she starts to just like like do espionage right in front of her? (laughs) What is she going to do? Stop. Um, after that, uh, there's the president and Miss Landingham. He asked for a banana this time because he's been thinking about bananas all day and he finally wants one. Uh, she denies him a banana. I'm going to believe this, but I think I'd actually like a banana. I'm afraid not, sir. No. Why not? You were offered one earlier, sir, and you were snipping. Which is pretty great. <laughs> She's sassy. <laughs> yeah. um, she has a excellent uh, like mocked up calendar app on her old timey computer. <laughs> It's the worst color scheme. It's hideous. It's like bright red calendar. <laughs> why would you stare at that all day? I mean, I mean, why did we stare at like black screens with neon green text? We didn't really have much of a choice there. <laughs> That's what all you got. I feel monog- like that was like an option for too long, though. I don't know. It shouldn't have been the default. I mean, how else are you going to play Return to Zork? That was literally like how the like laser could like write onto the screen or whatever was going oh on God. there. It was like it was the only that was the technology limitation. I, I think back then they were like, "We'll pick green because it's like the most visible to the human eye, and it's the most futuristic." Yeah, not realizing it would also make people fall asleep and feel really strange. CJ comes in after that. Um, they have a quick little meeting about shelving the sex ed report. The president tells her it's for Leo. She tries to argue in favor of it a little bit, and the president gets kind of defensive. We have an enormous pulpit from which... And we will avail ourselves of that pulpit, but we will do it after the midterm election. He just sort of says we're going to shelve it, and then he starts getting mad at her when she tries to argue that we should put it out, and then he's like, it's for Leo, and she's like, oh. But he, like, yells at her. Yeah, they get really heated, and then... That like anything for Leo, I feel like you could like break some laws. Like, well, no, we can't do that. It's totally illegal. But it's for Leo. It's for okay, cool. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> let's let's find anything for Leo. Um, and then the president kind of uses the the title of the episode. He's like, yeah, just throw it out with the trash. As like sex sex ed reports are trash. And then he looked trash. at the camera and winked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that. Gave a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even think about capitalizing that. Oh. <laughs> They have a lot of faith in the power of the trash being thrown out to cover any story that they're talking about. Well, the sort of, I think this is, you know, remember the last episode, it's going to be on the internet, so we have to release it tomorrow. <laughs> so, and they were talking about, you know, they only have a certain number of inches in the column, but People nowadays, don't read the internet on Saturdays. Yeah, you know right. <laughs> so it would be all over Huffington Post and like in many iterations would president bartlett be comfortable saying inches in the column (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. Um, yeah, there's actually uh, that that same thing about like overestimating how easily they can get rid of a story comes into play in the next scene when CJ is kind of like weeping in a stairwell, <laughs> it seems like, and Danny comes across her. And then CJ says like, if you call Mr. and Mrs. Lydell in St. Paul and ask them why. She sets up 90% of what the story would be. It's like literally like just call and ask these people this thing. And Danny says like, don't leak a story to me. I've seen too many press secretaries try to leak me stories. She's like, you'll never find out this story if I don't tell you this last word of that sentence that you just heard of like <laughs> who to call, who to talk to, what to ask them. Like, what else is there to say? Danny, if Danny's any kind of reporter, he should be able to figure that yeah. out, I would and she, think. She's like, we've gotten very good at this. And it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're crying in a stairwell. Right. Not that great yet. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it's less about like, like you would expect Danny's character the moment that he is onto a leak or story or whatever to pursue it, like to feel obligated to pursue it. I think this plot point is less about she like barely is saved from leaking it but she does leak it to him he kind of just stops her from finishing the sentence just so that they could both say that she didn't finish doing that right and then he's choosing to ignore what she said so it's kind of like the whole last few episodes you've been concerned that cj is going to feel tempted to compromise her job out of loyalty to danny but in fact it ends up being the other way around and how is this not a bigger story amongst other reporters, like seeing them get close and that he has access? Oh, yeah. And, and, how, and how, the Liddell's we... thing, too. They knew about that beforehand. That was the first scene in the episode was they were asking, aren't the Liddell's going to be there? And she's like, yes, they will. And then she's like, oh, they have some family business. And none of them are going to follow up on that. Right. It was enough to ask about it beforehand. Now that like they actually don't show up, nobody's going to call and ask. It seems weird. I don't think they're going to get away with that one. I think it's going to be a scandal. <laughs> but it, it doesn't. just goes down the memory hole. After that, uh, that's the last scene, uh, is Leo and that girl Karen. In the background, Jesse Jackson is on the TV. Yeah, yeah. so this is, another, this. this is another thing that I want to talk about of, of framing of the shot. Like, they could have just had her step to the side, like, one step. And, and I, I, like, I know that they, they show a lot of, like, Leo. He's, like, a political animal, and he's he's watching things all the time. But, like... Money being made. It was real <laughs> distracting to have Jesse Jackson and like Tucker Carlson right next to her face while she's trying to emote and act, and they're just sort of like, you know, just mouthing off. In you the gotta background. put some eye candy on the screen. <laughs> Wait, so I I miss Tucker Carlson. So that was that Crossfire. It must have been. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, they've it's, mentioned it's, Crossfire in the show before. It's yeah. right next to her face, and they're like, they're very. They're very energetic, and there's a lot of movement there, and the she's very still. Right over her shoulders, it's like Jesse Jackson, Angel, Tucker Carlson, and exactly. Devil. <laughs> they could have just had her step to the side for like half a step, and then also, you would have known that the TV was, like was on. Dark. You didn't like have to have a TV right. on, <laughs> and the sound was really loud. You could really only hear the <laughs> Jesse Jackson interview. Um, they have a like heart to heart about the leak, Leo. It's like, why did you do this? Like, so let me tell you my entire story. My father committed suicide. What about your father? Was he an alcoholic? Like, they go really, really in depth really quickly. I drank and took drugs because I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic. He tries to explain alcoholism to her. Um, she doesn't understand it, even though she supposedly had some firsthand experience with it. So after six and a half years, you're still not allowed to have a drink? 
The problem is, I don't want a drink. I want 10 drinks. And then he, he says, I think you're really brave, and why don't you go like unpack your stuff and take your job back? They are so light on leakers in this White House. There was the lady who leaked the president and vice president arguing with each other, Mildred. Right. And the, they kept, she kept her job, too. Like, you can do anything in this White House and never I mean, get they're, fired. They're trying to be like, you know, unlike the Republicans who will just go on a witch hunt until you're like a smudge on the ground. Like, we'll forgive people for their mistakes and like let them learn from them. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let Sam get his anger out by ritually firing you <laughs> but then uh leo gets to feel better about himself they, they played good good cop bad cop they, they had it all set it up <laughs> good boss bad boss yes um and yeah it's kind of the end of the episode i think she gets super special treatment though i think she should have been fired yeah i think agreed. lillian field the family friend must have pulled pulled some strings yeah <laughs> Uh, and then they, the credits is danny and cj like almost kissing in that uh scene in the middle of the episode um, but uh, that yeah, it's a, that was an episode. <laughs> it's not the most exciting one. Uh, but first, uh, before we get to final thoughts, let's do headlines. Well, uh, before we do headlines, oh, you got some. Um, Danny has come up with a Secret Service name. Oh yeah, oh. let's hear it. Wait, so I thought that you came up with some for me as well. So I did not come up with any for you. You can't see Danny right now, but he has really like luscious curly hair <laughs> luscious <laughs> so i just thought curly was really perm uh, yeah oh my gosh perm perm is in the building can we just go with the long form permanent wave <laughs> too long permanent wave um this permanent wave coming at you so i think the one that i'm gonna go with is lady baker <laughs> is mine baker <laughs> yeah uh okay. the secret service would know <laughs> and and no one would expect that to be to be my thing. And Are so you would... secretly a lady baker? <laughs> is, that, is that Jimmy Carter's or a, wife? A lady baker? No, that was Lady Bird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's close. So people would sort of think, oh, she's she's hanging around here. No, <laughs> no I thought Lady Bird was Lady Bird Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know who. For sure, Lady Bird. Because nothing makes Lady Bird weirder than adding a Johnson to it. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, what's the origin of Lady Baker? A friend of mine called me that years ago. And then when I asked my wife what I should be calling myself, she was like, this and only this can be the one thing. (laughs) So that's what it's going to be. Nice. All right. Lady Bird it is. Lady Baker. Lady Baker. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Baker it is. The Secret Service. Was Lady Bird her Secret Service code name? No, I think that was like her real name. Her name. So a lot of what was her Secret Service code name? Like Emma or something. Prior generations had weird nicknames for their wives. Yeah. No, that was her real name though. Yeah, I thought it was like like Uh, Mrs. Peacock is a name. (laughs) Lady Bird. (laughs) She's not a clue character. I just associate like old rich ladies having like bird, bird names. I don't because of Mrs. Peacock. That's why. Thank you, Clue. Okay, I'm alone in this. That's great. Sorry, I'm looking up a uh, lady bird. <laughs> lady. Oh, bird. her her name is Claudia Alta Taylor. Is oh, okay. her, her uh yeah, Lady Bird was yeah. was her nickname slash their safe word. Ew, you like. Did they call like? I just can't imagine being called Lady and Bird. Can't they just pick yeah, it's, one? Yeah, it's not even one word. It's two words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hey, Lady. That's not a fun nickname. And then also Bird. 
but why would you combine them? Bird, Bird's already taken as a nickname too. It's Charlie Parker. Like I guess if you're an old timey gentleman, calling your wife Lady Bird would be like calling her a girly girl. Ew. Both of those words are just like they're they're synonyms for like women. Yeah. And like slang, so it's sort of yeah. that's true. Yeah, he's like you're calling his wife the lady. Was he? But, but, but Bird is like a hot girl. Yeah. So you think he was trying to be British, like uh, B- Mr. Bly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. That's what was happening. Okay. Should we do headlines? We should do some sure. headlines. So I'm gonna start with like my least exciting one because we basically said it in the beginning of this oh. episode, which is about the abstinence bill, and it was abstinence plus everything but spelled B U T T. Okay. Mine are all kind of a. Uh about the angle of you know selling away the abstinence bill to get leo off the hook so there's uh white house takes prophylactic measures to avoid hearing mm, oh that's, that's good, good. <laughs> to avoid uh chief of staff discharge oh that's... wow <laughs> uh i had close your ears sharon <laughs> i had nuts to sex ed um Abstinence is the tits. Uh, <laughs> White House report fails to dismiss abstinence as a legit trending option. And then I have the cover it up, cover up. Ooh, very good. So I had a showdown over abstinence bill anticlimactic. <laughs> and Hill outlaws hump ed. <laughs> All right. So uh, not so much on the uh, sex ed part, but on the, on the Leo part. <laughs> this one's really, really dumb. It's Leo, Mick, get me the hell out of this hearing. Like McGarrigar. <laughs> it's a really, really, really long run on uh, sort of fun. <laughs> so are you saying that like that's his actual last name and he just slurs it all the time? Because yeah. <laughs> he's drunk. He's yeah. an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of little stories throughout all of this well so i have a pbs okay. one okay um so congress strips fozzy bear spelled b-a-r-e mm. oh that's pretty good thank you and then <laughs> um my other one is so julia child was like really well known for making beef bourguignon so i had beef bourguignon congress cuts julia child reruns (laughs) (laughs) i have sesame cheat children's (laughs) tv workshop makes money off of toys made in by children in workshop (laughs) nice pbs cuts decapitate bride's head revisited (laughs) oh okay So I also had one. I'm sure no one else wrote headlines. Wait, well, what is Brideheads Revisited? That oh, I do not know. Danny. So it's it's a book by Evelyn Waugh, and I think that it that it showed the pages made... on the TV. Yes, it, it just slowly <laughs> flipped. <laughs> slowly flipped. Um, I bet I bet that they probably did some. Is it like, famous, a, is like, it like an upstairs downstairs style thing? I think it's something of that sort, aristocratic British yeah. type. I have not read it. So I saw on, I just like briefly looked it up. The description was much too long to read or care about. <laughs> the Wikipedia summary is too boring. It was like too boring. Yeah. So I, but I scrolled down to adaptations of it and the BBC, which I'm assuming is the one that was maybe on The PBS. BBC and the PBS have like a uh, government funded TV like bromance going on. Yeah, they totally do. Special the way, relationship. You, you know how they called the BBC the Beebs? 
Mm-hmm. Why don't we call PBS the Peeps? <laughs> the pubes. What a missed opportunity. Oh, we should like only refer to it as that and try to get that in the zeitgeist. Um, but yeah, they they only made like I think it was a four part like mini series, and that was it. So for Toby to like mention this is one of the things that sort of was a huge part of his childhood and it's only a four-part series they probably showed it a lot maybe maybe they well i think it said in the article they like re-ran it a lot on the bbc but or it's probably just like indicative of all that kind of program that they do it was like the first downton abbey maybe yeah what well I, i when i skimmed the wikipedia article about it it was like this is an allegory for catholicism and like oh, yeah, unrequited uh, lust. I told I got really bored reading it. Yeah. So, I so it seems like an odd thing for a young liberal Toby who is Jewish to be into, but whatever. Already balding. Yeah. He's balding. That really takes a toll on a person. Um so then I had another one then about the European Union law about bananas. All right. Um I wrote banana sham. <laughs> Instead of bananagram. <laughs> and um and then Bartlett Bartlett reveals potassium deficiency. <laughs> and Prez doles out banana bailout. Oh nice. Actually didn't really follow that storyline at all. I don't know if that's accurate. That's pretty pretty right actually. No, yeah. And it, it's good. Solid. Right. Solid. We can go with Bartlett pairs down fruit tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> The only other one I had was on the the golf story thing, and it was just inappropriations. Mm. I had Rebel Beach, Advanced Man <laughs> Goes Rogue. I had Second from the Top Gun. Oh, because he used the helicopter? Uh, oh, I totally forgot about the Advanced Man. Um, but yeah, I had a, one about Simon Bly that was really like cheap headline, <laughs> assuming they would try to sort of put out an article against him it was simon like bly spelled b-l-i-e instead of b-l-y yeah. simon blies Layla, yeah. well i had the lydells oh <laughs> they're smearing the lydells yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well in your world they're like really assholes <laughs> <laughs> well they lied about not being able to go yeah it's true i'm really hoping that the next episode shows them outside the gates like where's my pen (laughs) 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 or in our world where's your krylon spray paint right exactly (laughs) but that's all i got yes any any other ones i have thawed law alabama town uh institutes the ten commandments neighboring mississippi town considers hammurabi's code (laughs) (laughs) i think that's it all right so final thoughts i think this is like an eh swing yeah because nothing really happened like there's a lot of little things there's they're juggling too many storylines yeah and none of them really are satisfying yeah or they're like disappointing if anything like i don't agree with the outcome and the follow-up on this like epic leo storyline is like a meeting with josh and sam and some republicans that we don't even get to like see the resolution of it's like we only see the setup right because they cut that meeting with them going like let's talk about your deposition and then they cut away and then later it's like this little tiny thing where cj pops her head and it's like hey they that storyline that's been going on for five episodes isn't a thing anymore yay it gets wrapped up too neatly because it's like 
oh, this thing that we just talked about this episode is the key to solve everything. And it solves it. And then it's like, oh, by the way, the leak, we found her. She's fine. It's cool. We're done. Yeah. And I feel like they kind of only did that thing at the end where Leo lets her off to like kind of redeem him from all the trouble that everyone else is going through to sort of save him. And the shady shit they pull to like get him off, like get specifically him off the hook, like. Right. consequences be damned so he does this like really nice thing for a stranger so i guess you're supposed to think well imagine all the nice things he's done for all these people who are helping him probably much nicer things than even that which i can't quite imagine but i don't know and it, where the hell was charlie tell me about it you know i'm the first person to complain about that i didn't want to though because he wasn't my even MO now. he wasn't even like in this episode at all was he no not no. not even an appearance and i also thought we were gonna get some zoe action yeah because that storyline story. just sort of fell yeah, off fizzled out there was like two lines about it yeah they didn't even like finish that one it was just like toby saying to cj hey you hear about this zoe thing and she's like yeah i think i heard that yeah, and that I, was it. The I end. Definitely thought we were gonna get some Zoe, and then by association, Charlie. And I was Donna was only there to literally order a hamburger, <laughs> yeah. and do some backstory. Yeah, and ask, let's take out the trash day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Donna had another scene too. She had the. Uh, the sec- I found out oh. about the leak thing. Yeah. Mm. Right. Actually, I, li- I really like. The, I like that scene. Anytime all the secretaries get together, it's usually pretty funny. That's true. And it's funny that I think Donna is always the secretary who reveals to the senior staff person, usually Josh, what the secretaries are talking about. Like she with- has the closest relationship with her boss That's out of true. all of them, I think. Yeah. But I feel like Margaret and Leo, Mar- I mean, it's definitely different. It's not as like fun of a relationship. Leo yells at Margaret. Though. Yeah, but <laughs> I think Margaret, Margaret's scared of him. Margaret like just says whatever she wants to him, though, like yeah. all the time. So and he usually he's like, shut up, get out. But she's ballsy about it. But uh, Leo wouldn't have done anything about that, though, because it was anything about him. He's also weird about all the time. He would have been like, oh, you know. It's. I don't want to make a fuss about it. Or he would have like yelled at her and been like, "Stop doing things for me, people." Right. <laughs> yeah. Eh. So uh, yeah, there's like Bartlett's funny. He's like the comic relief on yeah, the show. I realize, is. and yeah, it's been episode. like that for a few episodes in a row now. Actually, because he was he like and- he was in the drugged up one. Uh, like for there's been two drugged up Bartlett episodes now. <laughs> oh yeah, that uh, last episode, and then the one where he took the back medicine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he and uh, Mrs. Landingham. This this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, scene she's that great they're in, they're, they have like good sort of. But uh, Toby's stuff. plot's a rehash. Uh, yeah, not not a whole lot goes down in this one. Sam doesn't get a ton to do. He has that one meeting, but he doesn't like get to like be righteous or anything in it. He's just answering questions. And a, very lot of the, a lot of the beats with Danny and CJ, like we've done many times. That plot before. line is so boring and like weird. Like it's gotten weird. I think. <laughs> weirder because first it was weird because he wouldn't stop asking her out and yeah. that was sort of it's like, like predatory yeah and now it's weird that like she's like sort of impulsively making out with him at every corner so i don't know also i think i just realized that cj implies that they haven't consummated their relationship danny implies it because he's like he wants more than kissing you better yeah. listen and- <laughs> She's like, Papa wants to swim. She's like, I get a really good grade in abstinence class. Oh, she said that, yeah, in the beginning. Oh, did we talk about? No, Danny complains about that earlier. He says, like, I'm, I'm, I'm over with just the kissing. (laughs) Like, we need to do more. 
Yeah. How old are these people? <laughs> well, apparently CJ is in her prime and it's being wasted. Yeah. That's what yeah. Josh is. I think the Spanish fly is starting to wear off. And, <laughs> yeah. But but like CJ just like kept a water bottle around and was like drinking a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Josh sure. was a little creepy in that first scene. Yeah, yeah. We, I forgot to mention that he was like he was told CJ to like examine pages. pages of the report. Yeah. Ew. And then did like a weird eyebrow flicker thing. Yeah, something every girl should know. Gross, Josh. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I I might even get give, give this one a worst wing. I think this might have been the worst episode of the show so far. I think you might be right. Really, I think the worst one was the. I think it was the second. The second episode. one was bad too. Yeah, that. We. Was worse. I don't think we were prepared to give worse swings back then. I, I, know. I think I'm going to retroactively make that a worse swing too. Agreed. But here he give it, it is on a, on a scale swing. where some things have to be worse swing. I think this gets a worse swing. But I mean, the second episode was like, like, I don't want to say a filler episode, but it was sort of their first attempt at a story arc, and they're still getting their footing. But like, this is like the big resolution of something that they've been working on for like half the season. And it's just kind of like, well, and it's also know. the follow up of the the hate crime bill, which yeah. we were talking about it for a couple episodes mm-hmm. prior. And as it's well. almost like MS never happened too. They don't yeah. really address that at all, and that was last episode. Gosh, yeah, I wonder if they shot. They like even had this in a different production order. Maybe. And then the other thing is, it seems like they're kind of trying to drag on the Leo thing even more with the article that Simon Bly is writing, or is that supposed to come out later? I think it was like going to come out. Uh, tomorrow or something he said well, the they, i don't think they have leo, any real follow-up on that the way that leo was like oh god then it seemed like that was going to be a bigger deal right so i don't know it just seems like everyone is coming at leo from every angle but it doesn't feel like a climax like that i think it's gonna be interesting because i can't remember watching it if this is just the end of the storyline completely because it might be I feel like they don't. Well, considering there's, there's I mean, definitely now Brayden's not here, but like considering some of the future storylines with with Leo, the fact that this is never really dealt with again significantly. I think for now this plot line is done. It's something they refer to, and it's context for things. But I don't think there's any like movement on this past this. Like they're not gonna escalate it anymore. So it's just it's kind of like something in his character now, but it's not a thing that's gonna i don't I, i'm almost sure there's not anything like next episode that really revolves around this maybe there is yeah well, it just felt like they didn't really finish it properly yeah, yeah a little bit of a letdown yeah i would like downgrade to a worst wing now that yeah. i feel okay worst wings it. all around yeah <laughs> <laughs>